0: Welcome to the Barbarian Hour podcast, where we conquer the impossible. The Barbarian Hour podcast is presented by Barbarian Apparel. Here is Jared Opfer and Zeb Miller. Are you ready? Hello, wrestlers and coaches, I'm Teague Moore. I spent 20 years coaching at the Division I level in the NCAA, 15 of those years as a head coach. During that time, I helped a lot of wrestlers and parents navigate the recruiting process. I've now opened my own consulting business to do just that, to help you navigate the recruiting process. There's a lot of unanswered questions. How do scholarships work? What program would be right for my son? Or better yet, what coach would be right for my wrestler? I can help answer these and many other questions. Feel free to email me or call me at the information listed below, and we can set up your first consultation today. I look forward to working with you and helping you make the right choice. Vanessa Oswald is going to be our guest tonight on the Barbarian Hour. First things first, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: I've been trying to get this uh, connected with you. Uh, we talked last spring. We, like We talked last year right when I started the show. We wanted to have you on. And I remember, obviously, I was talking to uh, Coach Don DeSabato last week. You're the first, like, kind of badass I saw that was uh, out wrestling in boys' meets. And I brought up the weight tournament, right? Do you remember what I'm talking about, the Toledo weight tournament?
1: I do. I remember Toledo weight. It's like this old school. Old school. You drive oh, like it up looks like in a fortress.
0: Middle... looks like a fortress, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, it's like an old vintage school. It was my favorite tournament to wrestle in, even though, you know, didn't have too many wins there, but I still got a few.
0: <laughs> so I remember it was a Friday night, and you either chin whipped the guy or lat dropped him. And lat p- dropped, probably. It was awesome. Because, like you said, you wrestled up a weight a lot of the time, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of refused to cut weight and because um, I was so focused on postseason wrestling with the girls that I was like, I'm not going to cut weight during season and make this whole year miserable. So I just wrestled where I was. And um, yeah, I wrestled 125 and then 130, 135 and 140 my senior year. Wow.
0: Wow, that's crazy. And cutting weight wasn't your thing. But so, you know, just to continue the introduction of you. You're you're a senior level athlete. You wrestled in the world class athlete program for the United States Army. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes, I did. Back in uh, 2010 is when I joined the army. Um, actually, 2009 started wrestling with them in 2010, and then um, I walked away in
0: 2012. Okay, so you wrestled at the senior level. I mean, I remember you because you went to Mount Vernon, right? Mount Vernon High School yes are they the yellow jackets what are they gotta help me they're
1: the yellow jackets and orange and black
0: okay yeah i was just gonna say okay so Perry'sburg is the yellow jackets right but they're black and they're they're yellow which kind of makes sense for a yellow jacket because it's kind of what it does
1: it does listen this was before (laughs) my time
0: (laughs) so are you an 04 or 05 grad of high school
1: 05
0: 05 okay because then i remember you out in fargo
1: yeah, I wrestled okay. out in Fargo.
0: I think we rode in the van together and I probably made you laugh for a while.
1: Yes, yes. I was probably pulling people's hair out too, like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but it's crazy to think that, you know, you're one of the pioneers in, in the sport of wrestling, especially girls wrestling, and you've done it at all the levels is what's crazy about it, right? You've done it as a competitor in high school, then as a senior level, and now you're coming back and you're giving back and you're the co-head coach at Olin Tangy Orange, did I get the right Olin Tangi?
1: You did. I know there's like five of them out there. Berlin, right?
0: there's Orange Liberty. There's original like Olin Tangi Braves. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yep. No, I think you got them all.
0: I think I got them all. And, and it mm-hmm. just keeps growing, right? Like it keeps. I know. Growing. I know. More to it, come. <laughs> well, there's probably yeah, probably more to come. And because um, mm-hmm. Jagger's Jay Jagger's told me he lives in olentangy braves like his kid right now would uh go to oh. olentangy braves so oh okay yeah that's yeah. like
1: right down the road like a mile
0: <laughs> that's so crazy that it's all like right there um so you do not live super close you travel a little bit right
1: oh my gosh do i travel yes yeah. so i live in mount vernon and then i work in mansfield which is 45 minutes north and then i drive an hour south to Columbus to coach and then an hour back home to Mount Vernon
0: oh my god that's is that how many days a week is that
1: um I'm at Old Tangy Orange coaching at least three to four times a week
0: and you're the co-head coach with Brian Nicola. is that correct yes that's correct and who's the head boys coach at Orange
1: uh Scott Tressler
0: okay they were just, I want to say orange was just up at that mommy Bay class. Mommy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They had a
0: guy in the finals that wrestled that one fifty pounder. Pretty tough. Yep. yep. I mean, yeah. So they're doing the things right there and it's obviously it's, it's something where they're, they're growing exponentially exponentially in all those districts. Obviously Dublin had kind of a similar growth um, Hilliard, all the, you know, the two seventy loop around Columbus had that. Right.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we're right there. I mean, um, basically we're on the outskirts of Columbus and then right North of us is farmland, but it's just like getting so populated. Houses are uh, popping up everywhere. It's crazy.
0: Total explosion. I mean, it has been unbelievable to see the Columbus area grow because I'm in Northeast Ohio and, you know, Cleveland was the king forever as far as population and metro area, but man, Columbus is just it is exploding. And then obviously you have the people who love Ohio State who, you know, a lot of those people don't leave. They move in the, the, the suburbs around around there. But okay, give me your journey real quick. From oh oh four, oh five, you graduate from Mount Vernon High School, right? Yes. Yes. What did you so do directly I- after?
1: Okay, so I um, graduated from, actually, let's kick it back to 2004. 2004 is kind of what put me, I guess, more so on the map. I qualified for the Olympic team trials. The first um, Olympic team trials for women, Um, the first Olympics was in 04. So I qualified for that, wrestled in that, um, went out to the Olympic training center in the summer, did a training camp. And then um, that following summer is when I graduated and went out to Fargo, won Fargo. I turned around and my dad and I came back because my mom was deployed at the time. And we came back, packed up all my stuff and went on a flight out to Colorado. And I moved out to Colorado and trained at the Olympic Training Center. Um, I was there for four years, joined the Army and then wrestled for the Army World Class Athlete Program. Um, In 2009, I was number two in the country um, making the national
0: team. How many national teams did you have the opportunity to be on? It, it was like double digits almost, right? Because you were, when did you retire from competitive?
1: I retired in 2012. Um, I actually only made the one national team. I was fourth, and I was fourth a few times. But, yeah, only making it once, actually.
0: First off, it's really hard to do. I don't think a lot of people get how hard it is to be a U.S. national team team member. Mm-hmm. And the top three qualify as U.S. national team members. They can get a monthly stipend. They do a lot of the training camps that are offered to you guys. Um, obviously, you can wrestle overseas and you have a lot of opportunities to wrestle overseas, simulations. And then the other thing with that as being the number two, you're the alternate essentially, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty difficult um, when I had made the national team in 09 you really don't like back then you really didn't make that much money and still you didn't make that much money unless you have sponsorships, which wasn't big back then. And then, um, winning world medals. So you're really not making that much money. So making the um, national team, you only got a stipend back then. It was, um, I think for like six months. So that's when I decided to join the army in 2009 And went through um, boot camp and did my uh, career field, school, and then came back in 2010. And then that's when I started really um, kicking up in training. And it came back and I was in the middle of a training camp and got injured and then just kind of um, needed surgery on my hip and prolonged that surgery until I was done in 2012.
0: Did you do any extra damage to your hip? Did you do, did you overcompensate? Yeah. Did you, did you have like extra lingering stuff that kind of stuck with that?
1: Yeah. So I ended up um, tearing the labrum in my hip and then the other one tore in my hip. And then in 2012, I had the surgery. or was it 13. I had surgery in 2013 and um, six months later it re-tore. So, well, not getting another so, so surgery. Wait,
0: have you torn both then? Both hips? Yeah, they're both torn. Mm-hmm. Not now, though. Are they both repaired?
1: No, no.
0: Vanessa, what's wrong with you? You're a maniac. You got to get that fixed.
1: Yeah, it just, I'm like, if it retore in six months, it's just, that's just how it's going to be
0: then. So you're living with it. How is your pain? Can you sleep? How is all that?
1: Um, Running is, is not so great. And then kind of like getting in those scramble situations where, because um, I'm pretty flexible. And so getting my... Um, I don't know legs kind of like stretched out it doesn't feel great um, but you live with it
0: oh my god I can tell you this my kid my four-year-old knew how to do a drop step last year and then all of a sudden he doesn't know how to do a drop step because he's just a goofball right <laughs> and I was like dude how do you forget the drop step and then the, the head coach was like worked on him for a couple of minutes um and that he was like yeah, you should you should show them a drop step. I go, I, I don't know if I can do a drop step right now. Like, my, my right <laughs> knee might explode because when you pound We're knee over toe, right, like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 42. I'm 250, probably 255 pounds right now. That's hard, right? Like, that's yeah. not easy. Oh, yeah. I don't think people get, and you're substantially younger, lighter, way better looking than I am. And, you know, because the ugly hurts you too, just so you know when it's me. But, like, <laughs> it is it is not easy. When you get older, like, last year I wrestled with some big guys, you know, some 280-pounders, 290s, 300s, and just moving them and pulling on them, and you get so tired so quick, right? I can't imagine my hips just <laughs> blowing out. I can't imagine that. And that's effectively yeah. what will happen to you if, like, you, you continue to neglect it. You do get that, right?
1: Oh, yeah. They told me that my next thing will be a hip replacement. I'm <laughs> like, Let me make it to 40 before I get a hip replacement. Oh my Yeah,
0: see, I'm 42, and I haven't had to get the knee yet. But it's common, because I blew it out really bad in high school.
1: I had surgery on my feet, and so um, on both of my feet. And so, like, right now, to do, like, a drop step, like, to go over top of your toe, like, mine doesn't really bend. And so, like, I catch myself all the time. It can be difficult. Yeah. Coach, I can't do a drop step.
0: She can't do a drop step.
1: (laughs) Kids making fun of you.
0: Yeah. yeah how are you gonna show mm-hmm. us how to do it when you can't even do it yeah i mean that's yeah but like i was like just on the mat and i was like yeah i can probably do a drop step but this is gonna hurt real bad tomorrow i just thought about it it's, you know you make trade-offs you know uh, so you're the assistant or i'm sorry the co-head coach for Olin olentangy orange with brian nicole you're the co-head coaches together obviously you're building a monster i love my guy rob gore is constantly in your room constantly working around you guys. Cause he, lives he is you.
1: amazing. Great, yeah, yes, great guy. yes.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: One of our greatest supporters. Like every time I see him, I just have to beeline it to him and just um, thank him and same with that inside the circle. Those guys are oh just God. amazing. They give the girls so much support. They don't have to, but they do.
0: They kill it. And then I look like a total jerk when I don't go to the girl stuff. Cause I'm going to my nephew stuff or my kid stuff. Everyone's like, well, why aren't you at the girls' state? Chip? George shore, George shore holds my feet to the fire. I like that. He's like, why, why aren't you at our stuff? And I'm like, I, I got, go. I got enough. I got I can't, I can't miss their stuff. And which you're probably like, as yeah, a great excuse, but the moment I do get a free moment and I can go to one of those, I'm going to go to it. I'm going to go to it. Obviously the OHSA state tournament. That's like the big motivation for having you on is you're sanctioned, right? You're yeah, saying uh,
1: next year
0: next year we will have a tournament obviously not this year but we could have you know another groundbreaking year like last year we had olivia shore was the first state placer in ohsaa boys state championship history at 106 pounds she took sixth place i videoed all the matches love the old man i love his crazy outfits um I olivia
1: is amazing she's just a phenomenal athlete she's a
0: killer mm-hmm she's a killer. She's a big move. They're the, all the shores are all the shores are inside trippers. They're they'll chin whip you. They'll headlock you. They'll, they'll do a lat drop, an arm spin. They do all this crazy stuff, but they go hard and they go for broke. And I I appreciate that about them. I like that.
1: Oh, she grinds. I have mad respect for her. She just grinds and she hangs in there. And, um, you know, she's one of the best females that come out of Ohio.
0: Yeah. She is at Tiffin now, right?
1: Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so did you ever wrestle in college? Did you ever do any NAIA anything in college?
1: No, no. So um, there was only I think six colleges when I was coming up, and so um, I was looking to go to Northern Michigan. They had the Olympic Education Center up there, and that's my intent was to go there. And then Terry Steiner, um, who is the national women's team coach, had called and said that they. We're looking to get um, a group of young girls out there and uh, asked if I wanted to move out there and train. So that's a route I took.
0: It's not doing so bad. It's not doing so bad. He He's kind of built a really good thing out there, I think. Right. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, heck yeah. So back when, um, when I had talked to him, they his wife and um, Terry would always have the girls over. And I didn't realize that when he first took that position back in what, um, nineties or early, I think it was the nineties. They were only, they had only offered him 50,000 or 55,000, something like that. How crazy is that?
0: He's getting the job done. His results are yeah. incredible. Obviously at the world championships, um, obviously the last, uh, two Olympics, you know, we, we obviously broke 2016 Holland Marulis obviously broke, broke it, broke the, uh, the barrier for the United States of America. Right. She was our first, um, Gold medals in the mm-hmm. in the Olympics, right? 2016 Correct. Rio, and then um, uh, Tamara Mensa Stock, unbelievable, unbelievable Olympics for her. Um, I was super stoked about it, and um, I think she was she runner up or bronze at the worlds. I forget
1: who uh, Tamara. She was she took this bronze. past year or yeah,
0: bronze. No, this because they had a they had an Olympics and then they had a World Championships. I know she's a World Champion. Oh. I understand that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Because her and David yeah, Taylor, I, I want to say, were she got beat early on, didn't she? She did. Yeah, So she, but here's my thing with her and David Taylor. I'll take the Olympic gold medal. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm all sat with an Olympic gold medal over a world championship. In the same year, it was like, kind of like, wasn't even like the you know, it wasn't as tough as the Olympics was. And a lot of guys didn't show up from Russia. And a lot of the, the Japanese number ones for the women's didn't show up. So it was like, yeah, you know, I could take it or leave it, but. If I'm her, if I'm David Taylor, I'll take my gold medal. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I would. I'll
0: take the Olympic gold. I'm just a huge fan. Let's just, listen. Tamara Metsa-Stock, I was so fired up at the Olympics this year. She's a killer.
1: Oh, my gosh. She is such a um, sweet individual as well. Um, I got to meet her and uh, be around her. She's one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met.
0: She's awesome. She does a lot of... uh, media stuff she's been doing a lot of media tours and stuff like that so i get to see her interviews and she's always been easy to deal with when we have to talk to her or anything like that for interviews so she's mm-hmm. awesome to deal with um adeline gray the arguably the greatest the, goat. the, the greatest right um mm-hmm. six-time world champion um olympic uh silver medalist to uh chairman rotter right is that right? That's right i don't know these that, names that feels right that feels right come on yes that's who it was a person who she had previously never lost to i believe so sometimes people just get up
1: i wrestled i wrestled her a few times and um when i would wrestle against her it was like grabbing a hold of a brick wall
0: yeah she she's unbelievable and adeline right adeline has just been her Mm -hmm. level has been so high for so long And then, you know, 2016, she had a disappointing uh, Rio Olympics. And then she bounces back for a medal. What do you foresee for someone who has such a long, long career with a high level of success? Do you see her like coming back for another quad or what does she do moving forward?
1: Um, You know, that's on her. Uh, Everyone's got to figure out where they're at mentally and physically. Because sometimes – you know, physically, you're still in it, but mentally, you're not or mentally, you are and physically, you're not. So um, I think she just weigh out these next couple years and see where she lies and um, see if her heart's still in it.
0: I mean, she's still training like a beast. So (laughs) I don't think
1: that ever goes away.
0: Yeah, when did your body start to like, when did the hip injury start happening? And when did you really start to feel the wear and tear of like the senior level circuit and wrestling at such a high level? When did the injury start to really occur for you?
1: Oh, um, pretty much right. When I moved out to Colorado, um, it was, um, when I wrestled against the boys, they were just so brutal to me. And, um, you know, back when actually it was at Toledo weight, um, my coach, John Brown, who has since passed away. Right. Um, he pulled my parents to the side and he told my parents, uh, to pull me out of the match because, They, he said, I see these guys aren't trying to wrestle her. They're they're trying to hurt her. So, um, it was like every tournament, the guys were trying to like crank on my arm or crank on my shoulder. And I moved out to, um, when was it? It was right before, right at the, towards the end of the season, I tore the ligaments in my elbow, the honor collateral ligament. And so then when I moved out to Colorado, it just got worse. And so then I ended up having surgery on that one. I was coming back from that surgery, and I posted my arm, and a girl fell into my arm in the middle of live goes, tore those ligaments, and then in the middle of coming back from that one, I retoured the ligaments of my other elbow, so it was just like, (laughs) it was just one right after another. So,
0: both elbows
1: Mm -hmm. beat
0: both hips.
1: Oh, don't even get me started on my neck. How's the knees?
0: uh, How are the the knees?
1: The knees are good. The knees are good. The knees and shoulders are good.
0: But listen, I just got to give you some credit. You're telling me all these like injuries. The thing you got going for you is your face didn't get beat up. Your face <laughs> didn't get beat up. And I can see that you're how are Your ears.
1: My ears are beautiful. I have beautiful ears.
0: Yeah. They're not cauliflower <laughs> at all. So that, so listen, no, they're you've flexible. Dodged that bullet, you've dodged that bullet, but like, it sounds like the
1: one thing I wanted was cauliflower ear.
0: No, I no. It. I told somebody the other day, I'm like, listen, you don't want cauliflower my, cause my ear, like it, you know, that it messes up how, you know, naturally your, ear channels sound into your eardrum, right? You know that. Yeah. Right? It's a thing. yeah. It's, we're designed if, if you didn't know that. So it's like, I can't hear. I cannot hear. And it's because when your ears get cauliflower, it it messes up the design, nature's design, to channel the sound into your ear. So trust me, you're good. You're all good on that, right? You're good. I promise. You're good. So, okay. So the injury started early on, right? Because you wrestled so hard. it, it, It was like it carried over from the end of high school. To when you start. So You're
1: start you doing like two a days and you're just going full throttle um, through training constantly. And then, you know, you go into training camps and it's three a days and really you only get a break at maybe uh, Christmas. We got a week or two off, but then that's like in the height of our training. So you got to get back and summer you would maybe get to take a week or two off, but um, it was
0: just year round, just grinding. Any, stitches in the face no no stitches you are listen to me you are doing something right to hurt all your other joints and not your face. I don't know what you're <laughs> doing, but but keep keep it up for now. Hopefully we don't need a hip replacement before forty. But I know that, that I never amazing. like
1: lost any of my teeth either because some people will chip their teeth or. You got beautiful yeah, teeth. Never broke my nose. Your
0: ears. No. You got a normal. I mean, good, good. listen, <laughs> you don't want to be all beat up and it sucks. Trust me, it's not fun. My I got a deviated septum and it's the worst. You oh, score. Uh, it's terrible. But ears are all beat up. and I guess you you got something right but the hip thing the hip thing is my dad had his hip replaced and he needs his knee replaced and he said the uh here's the biggest thing I've heard from people um you know all all joint replacement people I can't believe I waited as long as I did that's the thing you know over and over here I can't believe I waited as long as I did and a lot of the people I talk to um wait until they can't sleep I think that's the big thing is when they can't get comfortable to sleep is when people start getting the joint replacements and you're at such a young age, they're going to try and push you off and be like, hey, you know, we can only do so many of these. and They're going to try and push you off. You know that, right?
1: Yeah, I actually tried. Um, I uh, three years ago, um, <clears throat> I hurt my neck really, really bad. It was just from, you know, the years of being in the military and wrestling and whatever. Um, where they were, we call that. Oh, wear and tear. Yeah, for sure. That's it. Um, where they were going to fuse my vertebrae together and then. Um finally I just like got on a strict program and really started working on my neck. And I'm at the point where I almost need surgery, but I'm not going to yet.
0: Can you do me a huge favor?
1: Hmm.
0: Don't wrestle live anymore. Yeah. Don't do that.
1: I I try not to. I, I limit my live interactions,
0: but yeah. Cause that's when it all happens. You know what I mean? Like I think so much of it happens. When people are like, "Ah, oh, no, I still got it. Which we know you still got it. You can probably still go out and beat up most, most obviously, all the high school girls, right? And you can compete with most of the high school guys. But, man, they're, 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 they wrestle so hard. They're so strong. And a lot of them don't know what they're doing. And that's when you get hurt, I think. When you're wrestling someone who doesn't yeah. know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I think the girls like to te- – well, the guys do, too. Um, when I coached at Mount Vernon, they would like to test me and, like – Is she really, does she really wrestle? Does she really know what she's doing? And let me put a whooping on (laughs) him.
0: She doesn't look like it. She's not all beat up. Yeah. She's not all beat up. It doesn't look like someone whacked her in the face with a bat. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The biggest thing I would say is, um, you know, you're in the military, right? How many years do you have in total, by the way? Do these years you're doing now count towards retirement years?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So total years, I have 12, but towards active, um, getting a 20 year active retirement, I have 10, so Man. just over 10. So about nine years I'll be retiring.
0: Will you? Okay. I was just going to say, are you going to go career then? Will you go 20? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. That's where the, uh, are you now? Like, what is your, where are, where are you, um, as far yeah. as what's your rank now? Right. What's um, rank? I'm
1: a, I'm a master Sergeant in E7.
0: So you're E7 in the United States, Army National Guard. Is that correct?
1: Air National Guard. Air National Mm
0: -hmm. Guard. Give me the difference between Army National Guard and Air National Guard.
1: Army National Guard and, well, just Army and Air Force in general. Army, you're more boots on ground. And Air, you're supporting the, like, airplanes and um, air missions.
0: How many do you have in each? How many do you have in the Army? How How many do you have in the Air Force?
1: Um, I have just over seven years in the army and then the rest have been, um,
0: air. Oh, so almost
1: five years in air.
0: So they do jive though. Those, those. Yeah. 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 I, so jive. A,
1: yeah. I didn't have yeah, I didn't have a break. It's military service in general. So.
0: And if you can stay in Ohio, you obviously want to do that, but obviously we know how the military works. There's moving around.
1: Well, with the national guard, the thing is you sign for the state. And so I'm actually signed with Ohio. And so I can move around within Ohio, but if I wanted to go outside the state, I would have to transfer to that state. But we take our, we take our orders from the governor and then we also get them from the president. So,
0: okay. So obviously the president can go over top of Mike DeWine, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's the commander. Yeah. Yeah. He's, if he says we need X, Y, and Z airmen and troops, like where to report and like these COVID missions that are kicking off in the hospitals, we, from our base alone, and we have um, a bunch of people who are deployed and at different schools and they activated, we're at like 180. And so we are just running ragged right now um, getting people out the door last minute and trying to fill our own positions in our work centers. So.
0: And you're mobilizing from Mansfield, right? Like when you guys mobilize, they report to Mansfield, then go out, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that is, that is a lot of logistics.
1: Yeah, it's what a lot. What is
0: your job? What is your job in the Ohio Air National Guard? What is your job?
1: I pay people. <laughs> I work in finance, so um, I'm running everyone's uh, pays um, when they travel or um, they go in active on active tours or inactive mileage tours, mileage per
0: diem deployment pay uh whatever you got it, it because deployment pay is different than uh active duty pay right they're totally different right
1: yeah yeah um they're about the same um you have different entitlements though and benefits but yeah it's the same Depending on your
0: rank too your rank is correct yeah then you get see because i do i I teach a career class called career-based intervention And then I teach career exploration and we bring the United States Navy in. And, um, you know, they talk about the housing allowance. They talk about how the cost of living obviously is different in San Diego compared to what it is in Mansfield. Right. And he talks about what they get um, if they live on base and they go through Mm -hmm. all of how your all your medical is paid for. So all your surgeries have probably been paid for um, by the Army, Army and or Air National Guard. Right. Like you have fabulous health insurance, some of the best benefits. And then you're in Veterans Affairs VA. Right yeah so there's all that and then you'll get that after at the end of your 20 you'll be in the veterans affairs is where you'll get your hips replaced hopefully not not in the next nine <laughs> years right but that's what you'll the next do next 20
1: right? surgeries i need
0: yes next 20 <laughs> surgeries you need you'll do that through veterans affairs
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: so so we bring them in and we talk about these types of things and, and kind of tr- tr- trying to prepare kids you know, and do you have a four-year degree or do you have a master's degree? Like what, what degrees and what benefits have you gotten through, through the Army and Air National Guard?
1: Yeah. So I've only actually taken a, a few semesters through the military. And so that's going to be kind of my goal in the next couple of years is we're work, really working on getting a bachelor's degree. But my thing
0: is you don't need one. Like you really don't need one. If you're you, you really don't need it. And especially in this job market and where you are as an E7, I just don't think you need it. But if they're going to pay for it, why not? Right. Why why not? Right. Would you you agree Mm -hmm. with
1: that? No, 100% agree.
0: If you could go back to 2004, 2005, what would you say to senior in high school, Vanessa, about wrestling, about joining the military? What would you say?
1: Um, Oh, I don't know because my path that got me here, got me here. So, and I'm doing pretty well. I I think it would be one thing if I wasn't doing well, but I'm doing well for myself. And, um, but I kind of wish I would have focused more on, um, going to school and, um, going to a college to first start out, but it's been an amazing journey in itself and really forced myself to grow up and, um, I uh, did a lot, of, a lot of bumps in the road, but I, I'm here, and I'm doing well.
0: So the Ohio Coaches Association, you're on, you're, you're a, uh, what is your actual title in the Ohio Coaches Association?
1: So in the Ohio High School Wrestling Coaches Association, I'm the girls' representative. Uh, I came on board uh, really three years ago when we first started with the girls' state tournament, and then I became a board member um, in the past year.
0: So talk about the process, you know, Dom, uh, Dom DeSabato really walked through it because he's a past president and, you know, they do these like two year cycles for different offices. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's cycled off, but he, you know, he was, he, you know, he's talked about the girls' state tournament and how excited he was about it and how fired up he got. I don't know if you got to watch the show, but the Sabato's are unique individuals to say the least. Mm-hmm. Right. They're class. Yes. Powerful. Um, but they're honest and they're, they're fighters, right? And they and they won't take no for an answer. And he's a pretty tenacious guy. But talk about the process for you, Vanessa. At least getting Ohio sanctioned. and What your role was? Obviously, we know you were a pioneer and just a badass, for lack of a better term, right? I mean, you were rolling. Uh, you're you're the first real like high level girl I saw, Russell. I remember oh, like, thank it like like it was yesterday in Wade's gym, right? So besides that, pioneering the sport as a competitor, you know, and then being a a senior level athlete, wrestling WCAP, what was the process like for you over the years to get it sanctioned in Ohio to have girls wrestling sanctioned?
1: Yeah. So, um, when I first moved back, uh, I just started coaching at the high school. Right. And, um, I wanted to kind of get a feel for where we were at with girls wrestling. And it was, I think it was in, um, 2009, no, 2008 or 18, geez, um, 2018, some of the parents had said there was going to be a vote with OHSA on girls wrestling. So I reached out to OHSA and said, hey, um, any feedback or any input that I can give into this, please let me know. And they emailed me back and was like, there's no vote. You have to go through the Coaches Association for any kind of sanctioning request. So I was like, Coaches Association? And I was like, I know the president, Don DeSabato. Like, he coached against me. I know him really well. And so I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, what can we do? And then that, in 2019, in the spring, we met with um, some other coaches and parents uh, to really see about growing girls wrestling and the possibility of a girl state tournament. And that's when uh, it was announced in 2019 that there would be a 2020 uh, 20 girl state tournament.
0: Okay. What do you think the biggest obstacle was for you? Was there a person? Was there some old curmudgeon, old, good old boy? Was there, was it the OHSAA? What was the biggest obstacle for you? Obviously when you just said it, you're like, Oh, the coaches association. Well, yeah, I know it's what was the obstacle for you that, that kind of, once you're like, Oh, once we get over this, we're going to get this done. What's the obstacle that was kind of stuck out to you?
1: Um, so as soon as, um, that initial email that I had sent, they had sent this packet and it was all this criteria that we needed to meet and it on there, we met everything except for three years. So right then that was the obstacle, um, solidifying those three years, like making sure we benchmark those three years. So that's what I said. That's my goal, three years. And that's my goal to get girls wrestling sanctioned. And so Um, it wasn't a particular person. I think COVID didn't help and then getting a new executive director and them just trying to keep sports alive in OHSA, um, that was pretty difficult. Uh, but you know, they, they sat with us, they met with us. We were requesting meetings almost every month, um, this past summer, every month they met with us and it was like more people from, um, OHSA would would sit in on these meetings just because everyone wanted clarity on where we were at, what the logistics are, what's the financials. So um, I wouldn't say a particular person. It was that packet, that three-year packet or that three-year requirement that we were lacking on, but everything else we hit it. So it really helped that we made sure that the girls were OHSA athletes. Um, When we met with them, this past summer, for the first time with Doug Ute, um, he didn't even realize that they were OHSA athletes. That that was our requirement. Wow. Um, so it it was very uh, it was a great meeting, and right from the get go, Doug you was um, all hands on board, wanting more and more information from the start. Tyler Brooks has been a godsend; like he has been amazing. We would not be where we were at if tyler wasn't so supportive of girls wrestling we would say we need these rule changes he was on it he would email us that next day with the um, rule changes and what do we
0: think when you think about it california and new jersey were the two big ones for me right once Mm -hmm. were you guys working in conjunction with those states were you communicating with other people in those states that had already sanctioned girls wrestling
1: yeah, we've been um, working with a lot of different states and um, wrestling wrestle like a girl because they are kind of like the hub for sanctioning girls wrestling. And so it was getting kind of their input, what were other states doing? And, um, you know, we kind of mirrored off of Michigan, off of California, kind of took what they did and see how it best fit with Ohio. Not, not that it's the right way to go, but um, we are we're trying we're we're putting plans in place and we're taking steps forward you know we might have to take a step back but we're taking 20 steps forward every single time
0: I love it when I heard about it I was so fired up and then they did they did boys volleyball I believe right
1: yes boys volleyball they said we're has been trying to get sanctioned for like 30 years (laughs) are you serious
0: how does that make like you I feel would, when you hear that? How does it make you feel when you hear that? Okay. Three years, it, it, 30 years. Okay. It like breaks exactly. my heart.
1: It, I couldn't imagine doing wow. what I am doing like the past three years for like 30 years. Oh you know, I remember God. back when um I was in school, even in middle school, and I remember that we had boys volleyball. Um, but I never realized it wasn't a sanctioned sport until I really started digging deep on um this girls wrestling and trying to get it sanctioned.
0: So, you know, ultimately, your journey is completely different than anybody, uh, any, any young girls that are coming up now, middle school to girls, high school girls. They're having, they are have a lot more opportunities, but you're a big part of it. You're the trailblazer, as I like to call you. You're a big trailblazer yeah, when you. it comes to girls uh, wrestling in the state of Ohio. What would you like to see girls get out of the sport of wrestling? You know, obviously, it's, it's done so much for you. It took you to Colorado, took you uh, into the military, into the world-class athlete, athlete program. Uh, Obviously you're coaching it now and you're such a huge advocate for it. What would you like to see girls get out of wrestling and the sport of wrestling? Like what what, compared maybe to your experience?
1: Um, Honestly, it's the brotherhood and sisterhood of it. Wherever I go, um, you know, you say you're a wrestler and you uh, instantly have that connection and that bond with someone. Um, I can tell you, I'm still best friends with um, all the teammates that I've had guys and girls. Uh, It's just something you you don't get in other sports.
0: Right? Okay. I'm that's what big, I,
1: does. Good. Yeah, that's that's like one of the biggest things like that, that I take away that and just how disciplined you are. I went into the army and I was just like is this really like people think this is difficult? Like it was so easy compared to, you know, your day in day out of wrestling practices.
0: How old were you when you went to your first boot camp?
1: Uh, I had just turned 23.
0: So it was probably really easy for you.
1: Oh yeah, I was at the peak of my training.
0: Uh, you're doing, and then I came Manitou, out and I gained. Cog, cog climbs it was probably nothing for you.
1: Oh yeah, I came out of um, once I did my school for the army. I came out and I gained fifteen pounds. Really? Yeah, I, it was bad. Wow,
0: how would you feel?
1: Um, I felt big for myself yeah i just it took me a while to get back into it i felt very out of shape you know you go from sea level to colorado which is a high elevation and out of shape
0: (laughs) well yeah listen anything in colorado you know obviously the air is thinner right you're not getting as much oxygen to your blood so it's like it's harder to do stuff you're winded easier that manitou incline oh my god did you, that was our
1: Saturday morning workout for years, and it
0: was really crappy. Then they've redone it now, and it's like oh, really yeah. nice. Right? I don't know if you've been out there recently in the last couple. Of I years. haven't.
1: I haven't gone on it since they've redone it.
0: Oh, I did, I'm like, I, I'm going. I'm
1: going to. I'm going to. And then I'm like, eh, move they, it There's
0: up. there's the pleats on the steps. They count the steps every like fifty steps. I want to say. I'm like, this is like, yeah, this isn't what it was. I went on it when it was like washed out one time and all beat up and like bars sticking out and yeah. Sucked. And my wife tried to turn around and I like Jedi mind tricked her. We were going to visit Dustin Kilgore and I was like, she's, cause there's the dive out. There's like the halfway point where you can dive out and kind of wind down the mountain. And yeah. we got there and she's like, I was like probably 20 or 30 stops up, up from her. Right. And I was like, she's like, can you give me the car keys? And we had just driven from, uh, driven from uh, Salt Lake City. So we were in the car for nine hours or whatever, right?
1: Oh, my gosh. So we were going to the
0: Olympic Training Center to see Kel Gore, and he lived with John Reeder. And I was like, all right, let me walk these keys back down to you. I'm sure Kel Gore's not going to say a word to you about it. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That's it. I'm doing it. And they're like, fog Tuck." <laughs> All it took for Bill Gordon, uh, you know, mess with her and say mean stuff to her about how she's not tough enough to do it, and you know, and that was it. And she snapped, and we did it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I oh. had a um, Ohio buddy of mine. Um, I don't know if you remember the name Tommy Cunningham. He wrestled for Groveport Madison. Um, Groveport Madison,
0: the Groveport Madison, where Mark Neiman's from, the Mighty Cruiser. Yes, I know who he is.
1: So anyways he was a um fighter pilot in the air force and so um he would call me up he was like hey ness i'm coming into Colorado springs tonight we're doing flying missions can you meet up yeah we would meet up and we would have a good old time and then the, always the next day he was like hey you want to go do the incline
0: no no, no it's my punishment we no, always, i don't want
1: to do that but we always did we always did mhm
0: ugh. ugh. Yeah, I did it. Oh, uh, last time I did it, Dustin Kilgore and I went over to give defense soap to Linlan. We went to Linlan's house and Linlan fed me like eight eight or nine uh, IPAs.
1: Oof. And I
0: went and did the, the, uh, the Manitou Incline mm. the next day. And Kilgore's like, mm. dude, you got to go at like 5 a.m. or you're not going to find parking. Yep. He wasn't wrong, he wasn't wrong at all. And somebody actually pulled out right as I had, was on my like third lap because you got to drive up to it, right? And yeah. The streets are lined, and then the parking lot—the last parking lot spot got taken, and then somehow I found a spot. All the spots were filled up because now you got a shuttle to it. Did you? Yeah, know that? yeah, you
1: got Yeah, you got to
0: pay, it. and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. So I shuttled to it. I got the last spot at the shuttle. And I was up it, and you know, of course, we had to have like Taco John's or whatever it's called after Linlin fed me nine beers. It's not the optimal. Ooh. It's not the optimal night before meal for doing the incline. I just, if you don't know that, I want you to know it now. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah, I just assumed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I probably was in that terrible. for a, a time or two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what i'm talking about then it was horrible I'm yes. like, oh my god yes. i'm 40 years old doing it too i'm like cause, you know it was two years ago and i was like oh my god what was i thinking and mm-hmm. it ended up being good that's a cool experience but i i know my wife will never do it again my wife was like this is horrible. yeah because you know like especially i'm still if,
1: trying to build up the courage to do it again
0: oh uh, but like you did it so many times you probably did it 100 times i mean why? You know, why? why? <laughs> Why? why exactly why i mean you can see the great plains okay whatever because that's all you can see <laughs> from that side that view you're looking out on the right? great plains. There's not even any mountains that you can really see it's it's because you're looking east so um oh i just i love talking old school stuff. rabbit holes <laughs> it's like awesome i love I, it's like it's but what is your best memory from like living in the springs because that place has changed a lot too right that's changed oh, a yeah. lot. What, what is your fondest memory of being out in Colorado and kind of being in that? Because USA Wrestling's uh, office headquarters are in the Springs. And then, obviously, the Olympic Training Center, it's different now because everything's COVID, right? When we talk about mm-hmm. this, everything's COVID. I don't think they got a lot. They don't have anybody training on campus, really. And then they had that, that, uh, that uh, U18. They were bringing juniors out and training them because it was Kevin Jackson's job. Now Mm -hmm. there's not really anybody out there training because of COVID. What's your fondest memory of being out there?
1: Uh, My fondest memory is um, we would wake up and we would do uh, runs on Saturday mornings. And so we would run. There was a... Memorial Park. It's like right down the way. And I was always like one of the last ones I'm horrible at running. And um I really focus on running. So this one time I ended up being we would run run to the lake and we would do two labs around the lake and then we would come back. And one of the coaches, um, Izzy, he was just like, Are you finished? I was like, I was the second one done. I was like, Yes, I swear. I did. You
0: shortcut didn't you? You sure yeah. you cheated, didn't you, Oswald? Didn't you, you cheat? You
1: no, know, i I ran so hard. Like I really understood how to run at that point because before I didn't. (laughs) So I really got it. And then we would go to the pool and we would swim in the Olympic size pool. And, um, Oh man, that, those were the days when it, it just felt good. It felt good to train. Not that it felt good physically, but it just felt good to be able to train. Another one of my fondest memories was, um, it was before the 2006 world championships, and i was going as a training partner with christy davis at the, um now morano at the time um she's like a nine time world medalist but i went with her as her training partner and we were in the middle of training camp and they're like hey we're going to go climb pike's peak tomorrow and we're like okay and we I'm- we're not really thinking what we need to take or anything. Well, mind you, it's a 14 mile hike up the mountain. And we started at 5am and it's pitch black. We're all layered up and we just start to go. And it's like this almost dead sprint up the mountain. And we did the switchback from the incline. And so we did the switchback, and we're just like drenched and it's freezing cold. And, um, we had to stop a few times and nobody brought snacks nobody brought water and we get it up to the point where it's 10 miles and it's at the tree line yeah. and the where it's just rocks yeah yeah and um we get a call and they're like hey our ride can't go up the mountain because the wind is too heavy and it's shattering windshield so you can either get to the top and buy a train ticket down or you got to run back down and i'm like Bring my wallet. Like, how am I going to pay for a train ride? So, me and Christy Davis were like, "Peace out!" So we just sprinted down the mountain, another ten miles back down. It was the craziest. Oh Oh. my god! Yeah, that was like one of the craziest.
0: Hopefully, your planning's your deal now. Is it more your deal?
1: Oh my gosh, I am a planner.
0: (laughs) Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Um, I had a school resource officer. Who sent me? He was at the school resource school resource officer like convention. I think it was in Reno. It was in Reno. So he went over and he hit Tahoe, right? Well, this is okay. a guy who lives in like Willoughby or <laughs> East Lake or wherever he lives, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know he lives in the East Cleveland, essentially, right? The suburb of East, Cle- East Cleveland suburbs. He. Did like this hidden waterfall and he's up in the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. You're an Olympic athlete, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're in the peak shape of your life. You're 20 something years old you know, he's 45 years old or whatever. He didn't take any water. He didn't have hiking shoes. He had no gear. And this was like an mm-hmm. eight miler. You can't mess around. People don't understand. They, no. don't they don't respect. And in his defense, he just didn't know. You knew, you knew you were out in the Springs, you were there. You knew the deal. You knew when you went up the mountains, you know, I mean, think about it. How often do they hear about hikers, hikers up there, snowmobilers up there, skiers up there. Oh, they're in the backcountry. They got lost. Can't find them. Of course they find a skeleton or they find a, you know, a dead person in the spring. Right. Right. Yeah. That's how it works. Like you got to respect it. You knew that you knew that to be fair, my school resource officer, he had no clue. He had no idea about water. I think he uh, eventually just like got to drink out of a waterfall or something.
1: Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine how messed up your stomach would be if you're drinking out of a waterfall? Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. The beaver, the, the Jardinia, the beaver fever that you get. Oh, yeah. you up. But you know what? It's either that or die from dehydration because it'll kill you. Yeah. I just don't be, people just don't respect. They don't. And, like, think about that. Just think about what why they couldn't come get you that's shattering windshields so that means yeah. it's carrying little probably quarter-sized pieces of rock throwing them into the window at 50 60 70 mile an hour like terrifying that's terrifying to most people i'm glad you were you you didn't even know better and that's good
1: yeah i, I was better. like no not doing it and and there was like snow at the top and like i don't know why none of us thought about any of this uh now we know now you we know
0: young 20
1: that's t- why Terry's Terry Steiner was like come on let's just go to the top I'm like I don't have snowshoes on like you have to go through snow I'm like crazy. I'm out I need and it was like you know 30 some degrees at the top and then 90 degrees at the um, bottom so we we're like we're cold we're getting out of here so we just like booked it back down the mountain it took us like maybe an hour to get back down but it took us like you know five hours to get 10 miles up
0: I and I'm just gonna tell you this as a fat person, as a 250-pound man, right? And I've done all this stuff at 250, 245, right? Done all this stuff at like as a big guy, right? I don't mind going up. I hate going down. I hate it. It hurts my, yeah, my ankles, ankles hurt. My ankles, my knees, and my hips. Um, I did one in Rocky Mountain National Park, that East Inlet. We did Lone Pine Lake, did a couple other ones, and they ended up being like 14, 15 milers, right? And we left from like Grand Lake. Right. So um, we went up and I had my buddy, Sean Wentz with me and he, he's one of my college teammates. He's a He's from Kent, Ohio actually. And he uh, was complaining the whole time. I'm like, Sean, he's an mar- ex Marine. I was so verbally abusive to Sean Wentz about it. And I did. And here's the other thing. I lied I was like, oh, it's like six miles up, five miles up. He <laughs> only gained like three or four thousand feet. Not a big deal. It ended up being by the end of it a five thousand, <laughs> a five thousand feet uh, uh, elevation gain. Ended up being about a sixteen miler because we went past Lone Pine Lake.
1: Oh my gosh! Lying.
0: And I, like knowingly, I'm telling you, I'm admitting that I was lying to him. And his biggest thing wasn't here. This is bad on me. He'd had open heart surgery. And he'd never done any like major cardio since. So now you think I'm a bad person. Now I'm a bad (sighs) guy. Now Vanessa's going to hang up. She's going to hang up. She's done. (laughs) This is over. This podcast is over. No, I'm just going to. Zeb's trying to murder his friends on the mountain.
1: Yeah. And anytime if we do a hike together, I'm definitely going to research that hike before we do it. (laughs) First off,
0: you're in amazing shape and you're not going to have any problem hiking with me. Let's just get that out of the way. And Sean, here's the thing about it. Sean he owned his own CrossFit gym in Longmont. Yeah, he owned his own CrossFit gym in Longmont, and he owns a, a he owns a, a nonprofit called Warrior Saber, and they do uh, their big thing is how veterans acclimate back to regular society. That's they're they're recognizing how active and reserve members in all branches acclimate back to being productive individuals because that that's a big thing with veterans i don't i don't think we uh yeah treat Going our back to civilian really. world mm-hmm. it's really hard it's a hard transition for um for people who've deployed and and um people my girls that i coach
1: they tell me i'm like a drill sergeant on them all the time
0: yeah <laughs> well i mean it's it's that's what your deal is though it's kind of like what you are yeah. you've been indoctrinated you in that for for I mean, you're 12 years into it, I mean, 10 years into it retirement, but 12 years actually, right? Yeah. 12 years total. Yeah. 12 years total, but 10 years retirement. Can you try and find those two years? Can you kind of kind of try and finagle those or something? Uh, no. 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 That's how it is. It's in the books, no. huh?
1: No. Yeah. I got about nine years till I retire. I'm good with that.
0: Good for you. You'll probably buy a business or do something or do finance or have an MBA by then and be the CEO of a company, hopefully.
1: No, my goal is to be the study hall monitor at Ontanji Orange, and then I will can yell at the kids. <laughs> and then This summer, I'll go up to the lake.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, I saw that. Do you guys got a place in Lakeside or Danbury? Where is it?
1: Um, Lakeside, Marblehead, right beside yeah, the East yeah, Harbour by Danbury, State Park. Yeah,
0: I know where it is. I'm from Ottawa County. Yeah. Ocarver. yeah there you go Ocarver's the next town uh two towns over yeah it is you no know i was from oak harbor very- ohio yeah i know that yeah yeah so oak harbor and actually where you're is that your parents house or your place i have a place and
1: then my parents are right across the street from me
0: so you have two places you have two houses
1: well, I have like a little cabin and then my parents have, they have a trailer and their trailer is like literally probably 50 feet from my front
0: porch. You're literally downplaying what I just asked you. You have the house that you live in right there in Mount Vernon and you have a house at Lakeside. Marblehead Lakeside. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. That. You gave me like a lawyer answer. <laughs> well, kind of. No, it's a cabin, not really. It's a house. It's a dome It's just
1: it's, it's just a little cabin. I just rent it. Okay. And I okay. got a little a little cruise around on my golf cart. I'm cool in the summer.
0: Well, it sounds like a good time. Yeah, because it's fun there, but it's really fun when you're twenty something fun, and I think it's fun again then when you you're like get old like me. So you're in. A, do you go to Putnam Bay at all?
1: Um, I, I went once last year, maybe once a year I go, but not really like my thing is we stay in the park cause it's like, I'm the young one in the park and like everyone is retired and yeah. uh, I just have a good time with everyone. La- this past, this past year, summer, we, um, organized a uh, summer or beer Olympics. Oh, huh. it was so funny to watch like 70 year old people chug some beer.
0: Uh, and then do do silly things, right?
1: Yeah. It was if it's fun. the paralympics,
0: I know how that what that entails. Ridiculous games <laughs> that test your balance when you're drunk. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> so ultimately, much fun. Ultimately, right? You're you're you have a fabulous, you've built a really good situation for yourself in Ohio, right? Right. Yes. Vanessa, like, what do you think ultimately your legacy is gonna be? I hope it's what you said. I want your goal for you right? I want your goal for you. I want you to be the study hall monitor and I want you to be the girls head coach <laughs> at, at, at orange, right? Somebody's going to watch this and be like, yeah, we got to snag her up. We could hit, we could definitely do the study hall thing for, her. but ultimately <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think your legacy is going to be in the sport of wrestling and in, you know, helping implement and getting it sanctioned in the OHSAA and what you've done for the sport of wrestling in the state of Ohio? What do you think ultimately your legacy is going to be?
1: Oh, man, my legacy. That's a good question. Um, I just hope my legacy is um, that people can look back and just say, like, I had a passion that um, I really, what I really want and what uh, really happened was that we increased the girls' growth. We provided more opportunities and equal opportunities for these young ladies. Um, I want what's better for the girls now than what I had. Um, So that's been my biggest goal. And I hope that's the legacy I can leave behind that. um, Having better now than what one used to have. I don't know.
0: It's it's already, you're already there. You're already there compared to what your experience was. You're light years ahead of, of what your experience was, you know, lat whipping and lat dropping and headlocking people at the you know at the weight tournament right like yeah your 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 leaps and bounds ahead of that as far as the opportunities as far as as far as the participation you said there were six yeah. schools that had college wrestling right six women's yeah. programs what it's over oh, hey, yeah. 50 now isn't it
1: oh it's um over 100 if i'm not mistaken yeah, i know I mean, last year it was like 80
0: yeah um, look at that but yeah look just think about that just think about those numbers like obviously I'm completely wrong when I say 50, but 50 is 10 times the programs that it had when you were in high school. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, and,
1: and, and I want our state to be able to fill those um, slots at, at those um, scholarships at these different colleges. Cause right now they're struggling because all the states aren't sanctioned. So they have all these colleges that are building these programs, but they don't have girls to fill those positions. So it's like, that's what we need to do. We need to provide these opportunities, get these girls, um, a state tournament, have that opportunity for them. Um, so that's kind of been our push. And, um, I just want girls to be able to have confidence when they wrestle and it's hard to when you're just getting beat on by the opposite sex. So that's, I just want these girls to, and our girls, like they didn't really understand the magnitude of sanctioning the other day because all they've known is what we've provided. And that's them wrestling girls. They really didn't, it wasn't a concept that girls wrestling wasn't sanctioned. Wow.
0: Mm -hmm. wow that's that's wild when you say it when you put it like that they didn't even they didn't even know that they weren't a sanctioned ohsa sport they thought because you'd provided them with so many opportunities to wrestle other girls that it was just a thing they just thought it was a thing didn't they
1: Mm -hmm.
0: wow um will you give me a breakdown of what they're doing this year for the postseason for girls wrestling in the state of ohio because Mm -hmm. you do have a couple you have a qualification tournament and a state tournament is that correct
1: Yeah, so we have four districts. We've broken down by county, kind of trying to um, spread it out by the number of girls in that county. So it's split into four districts. And then um, the top four will advance to the state tournament. So then we'll have um, a 16-person bracket at the state tournament. Um, State tournament will be the um, Saturday and Sunday.
0: So I want to say the district that he couldn't remember last week was Lutheran West.
1: Yeah. Lutheran West Marysville. Um, my
0: guy, Sean Andrews.
1: Yep. Um, Harrison and then Olentangy
0: orange. Olentangy orange. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that, that's awesome. And you know, that's an opportunity. I like that they do the, uh, the corners at least. I like that Cincinnati has one and I like that Cleveland has one. We're at our hour. Do you got a little overtime for (laughs) me? You got a little bit of overtime?
1: Yeah. I might, um, do you mind if I unplug my headphones so I can charge my phone?
0: You do you. Give me a little bit overtime, though, okay?
1: Yeah. Can you still hear me okay?
0: I can hear you fine, just fine. But I like that they're able to go corner to corner, obviously, in the big population centers. And then we already talked about it. Um, You know, Columbus is exploding, right? Yeah. They're, uh, They're exploding and having two districts within striking distance there. And with the growth of girls wrestling in the Central Ohio area, that's huge. Toledo people are going to have to travel, and the people down in the Athens area are always going to have to travel because they're just never going to have district and regional stuff there because the population doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't call for it. And that's just those are simple. That's simple logistics with that, right? Yeah. So I'm glad that they 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 were able to get it in the. The, the strongholds in the population areas where you're going to get more opportunities for more people to travel less. Right. Yeah. Do we know where the OHSA state girls tournament will be? Will it be at Cavalli? Will it be at Schottenstein? Do we know any of those specifics yet for 2023?
1: No, it's still trying to be figured out right now, um, and I don't even know if um, I'll be in those conversations really, but what had been discussed is um, possibly keeping it separate for um, from the boys this um, shot and Scene they have it down, you know, minute by minute what match is where. Um, it also puts a strain on coaches um, right now. You know, If they have the girls and the boys competing at the same time, they're going to be you know running all over the place. So um, I like the idea of keeping it separate right now. That's just me, but um, we're all entitled to our opinions, right? Because we're really able to showcase the girls. Um, we want them to have – like I want them to have a magical moment. So I think um, hopefully we can get in the Cabelli Center. I think that would be pretty uh, awesome. Tom Ryan and Ohio State Wrestling has just been – the greatest advocates and supporters for us. Um, You know, we asked, hey, can we have a practice in your room? And they're like, come on in. Or, you know, we asked for a um, dual meet before their match. And, you know, he makes that happen. So they've been a pretty great advocate. And he said, you know, why don't you guys get the girls state tournament here? We can try and find some donors or something, you know, so come on, Tom.
0: (laughs) Coach Ryan is definitely always ahead of the curve on everything, right? Like he's always – real forward-thinking guy. Um, his big thing, I, I remember the, the uniform things is is the thing that sticks out to me about Tom Ryan. Remember the rash guard and the shorts? Oh, yeah. That was a big Tom Ryan thing. And Hofstra, when he was at Hofstra, they were the first ones to wear that, if, I, if I'm if i recalling it right. So like, And I understand a uniform is obviously different than adding a whole division and adding 50% of the population now has the opportunity to wrestle in a girls' state tournament, right? Um, that's obviously different, but my point is he's super forward thinking when it comes to this stuff, he like, he gets promotion, he gets opportunities because you know, when you have the rash guard and the shorts, kids who didn't want to wear a singlet, now will come out and wear rash guards and the shorts and go out and wrestle. Right. So I thought that was super smart on him and it was like kind of a marketing thing. And I'm just not the huge singlet person, right? Like the shorts and the t-shirt, I think it's what you're practicing on all the time you know not all the time are guys in in singlets and they do for simulation days and stuff like that and more you'll see more of it but I'm a shorts and t-shirt guy when it comes to that I'm not going to lie to you but I get it and I'm glad that he's supportive of you like that um so we don't know what that's going to look like we don't even know if they're going to do divisions right we don't even know if it's going to be yeah. we don't even know that yeah so I don't know how they're
1: going to um break this out um I think the because right now um, it's sanctioned, right? It's classified as emerging. um, And that emerging status just gives OHSA the flexibility to constantly being able to uh, make changes for improvements. Uh, So that's what that classification is. And a lot of girls uh, were posting, oh my gosh, I can't wrestle the boys anymore. My wrestling career's over. And it's not about, you know, taking away opportunities. It's about increasing opportunities for girls. So sanctioning, you know, increasing that opportunity not taking away especially from small schools as well or schools where you only have a a female on the team Um, you know there's talks of you know a girl having to pick a postseason kind of like um, golf where the girl can um, choose whether she does the girls or the boys side so kind of being flexible with that but still having guidelines and starting to build on that and and what that looks like is it going to be um, sectionals next year, or is it gonna be divisions? Uh how how we break that out or how OHSA breaks out, I should say. Um, more to come.
0: I'm just pumped. I'm pumped about the opportunities. I'm pumped that more people can be involved in the great sport of wrestling. I'm pumped that people don't have to get crushed by a dude and get their shoulder blown out or their knee blown out, right? Yeah. I I, I like that. Like you're saying, there's always guys are always trying to hurt you.
1: It it happened quite frequently, more than it should have. Um uh so that's why I just don't because so many of these girls after wrestling the boys for so long, you know, they're having to have shoulder surgery or whatever. Um, there's no reason why we should have to go head to head against a guy, especially the girls that are like one seventy. Come on.
0: Yeah. I mean it's 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 so unfair like you're saying and I'm glad you're an advocate of, and that you really you you experienced it. You know, you know what that's like to have a dude trying I felt to, it. <laughs> yeah. trying to murder, you know, right. Like trying to blow your shoulder mm-hmm. out or, you know, break your neck. It's not cool. It's not okay. Yeah. Right. So I think yeah, that, exactly. I think that that will draw more people. Right. I mean, cause there's always that anxiety, right. There's anxiety both ways though. That's the thing. It's not just the girl yeah. who has the anxiety about wrestling a guy who's much stronger than her. It's both ways. You understand that, right.
1: Yeah. yeah and that's what like COVID it kicked off and this guy, um, they were going down, I don't know, they're, rabbit holes of past times and he messaged me and told me like I'm the reason for his depression and this and that because he had to wrestle a girl and like yeah it's a no win for you. I, like yeah I wanted the opportunity to wrestle though too you know like
0: wow wow that went really that happened. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that but you know what I mean that that's that's and he got we... pretty
1: aggressive with me. He like was swearing at me and I'm like I'm, I'm trying to grow girls wrestling to make it to where they don't have to wrestle the boys. I, I don't know what you want yeah. me to do, man.
0: That. Wow. Wow. And you're chill too. You're pretty chill. I guess, you know, obviously when it gets into like a combative situation and you're fired up. Yeah. Right. Things can change, but yeah, for the most part, you're approachable. You're a nice person. You obviously care about kids. I mean, wow. You're not, you're not the person I'd be coming at. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. like, you're not the bullseye. Whether you kicked my butt in high school or not, um, you're not it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, like, you
1: just... okay. I'm like well, I, I'm hoping to provide an
0: opportunity for your daughter then, bud. There you go. Uh, we have some really good young talent. I think, obviously, we talked about Olivia Shore. She's really good. I think she's someone that you'll see on future new U.S. national teams. I think she's that good.
1: Layla Castro, she graduated a few years ago. Stud. Okay. Taryn Martin, Sud, Grace Jones, these girls, like, as the years go on, like, so as we build, and right now we have studs coming through as well. As the years build on, the girls' talent is just going to continuously get better, just like at the senior level, you know. Um, the team that we have now, the best team we've ever had, but it's because it's, it's been building, yeah. you know, it's just going to get better.
0: Yeah, like Lyric Hats are the total showstopper big time um she does like a charella cross body ride like a like a shallows cradle a splatle from top she'll take the boys down and then she will throw a boot in and she spladdles them like a shallows cradle uh like a charella cross body and like none none of them that's just like boom she hits it so quick she just won tulsa that flow wrestling did a feature on her. She's the real deal, and like obviously we've known about her for years, right? Because she's really good. Yeah. I mean, the future's really bright. Uh, I the one that you didn't even know, Talia Guntram. When you see Talia Guntram, you're gonna be like, okay, she's the real deal. She's the real deal, and I think she's like a person that could be all state in a, like four sports. So you know, we're we're gonna see if there's that opportunity, right? Like, can they do multiple yeah. sports, right? And then if she goes to a small school, maybe. But, you know, that's so far in the future. It's hard to say. But
1: Chloe Deerwester is going to be one to is, watch
0: out for. She's the chin whipper. This year. She's the chin whipper, right? Yeah. She'll chin whip you. I'm just going to – hey, um, listen, if you want the – Josie Davis she, she's,
1: is a chin whipper too.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Chloe Deerwester is a junkyard dog. Harrison. Harrison. Is she a sophomore? Yes. She's really good. she is
1: so tough yeah I saw her come out um I her parents had posted a picture coming out of wrestling one of her matches and her eyes just like busted up like Sarah Hildebrandt where it's just like blood everywhere I'm like
0: gosh so crazy yeah and like you're saying the level of talent and their technique and their skill and their ability and how they can jump out it's pretty incredible um yeah we could see those girls have just
1: been what these girls um, that we've been mentioning? I mean, they've just been grinding at it. Like they have just because um, I came onto the scene and they were just um, touch, top-notch national-ranked girls. Um, so it's exciting to see them uh, excel in their, you know, college careers and um, or the young girls coming up and seeing our girls on our team like looking up to these girls. Uh, it's pretty cool.
0: It's awesome. We got to get some. Uh... Old school Vanessa Oswald high school uh, videos. We got to find some of those. Can we dig some of those up? No, let's not no, do that. we're not getting any of them. <laughs> probably have flow wrestling videos, though, don't you? From senior level, no
1: flow was like not a thing back then.
0: No, 0, 09, 10, 11, 12. We were well when I was with them, true, right? Yeah, I bet that you that was we when could they find, were
1: just coming on board.
0: Yeah, but I bet you we could find. The year you were second was in Omaha, I believe. Yeah. Is that right?
1: I wrestled Elena Brushkova in the uh finals.
0: I bet you I called the match. I'm gonna find it now and I'm gonna send you the link.
1: Yeah, well let's not watch let's not rehash that. <laughs> and
0: it was a best two out of three too, wasn't it?
1: Um I think it went only two matches. But I, it was I a It was a, still listen, a best two out of three. too many concussions. Too many concussions. I can't remember.
0: Okay. If I find the video, I'm going to shoot you the link. So, all right. Oh Lord. Do you have uh, listen? I'm not going to blast it out there and make sure. Hey, Vanessa, lose two matches straight to Priscilla. Come on, I'm not going to do that to you. Do you have anything else for me, Vanessa?
1: No, I just appreciate uh, you having me on and just talking girls wrestling and uh, really putting girls wrestling out there. So
0: much appreciated thank you well thank you get everything that needs fixed Hips, knees anything get it, get that stuff fixed if you can yeah you're going to rock it till the wheels fall off i know you are you're just too tough for your own good
1: yeah probably
0: yeah okay all right um hey stick around for a little bit uh go uh, go check out www.barbarianapparel.com Got singlets. We got Barbarian Hour. We got some new Barbarian Hour artwork coming. I'm going to share that with Vanessa uh, when we cut off here. It's pretty funny. It's uh, some Jared Opfer, Zeb Miller artwork. Uh, you can, we can both have a good laugh to start out with the first design. Vanessa Oswalt, thank you for being a pioneer of girls wrestling in the state of Ohio. Stick around.
1: Thank you.